0: Hey everybody it's in the clinch the mma podcast on the fight game media network paul fontaine alongside ryan frederick as always and uh want to thank you all for listening and uh please make sure to uh subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on uh we got uh got a few new listeners in recent weeks so that's always good to hear and i just want to make sure that everybody's subscribing and then that way you get you know, you get a notification or depending on what service you use, I use downcast and, and it just, everything just gets downloaded straight into my feed. And I, I got all the fight game media uh, podcasts up and I don't have time to listen to them all. So I just delete the ones I'm not going to listen to and it's real easy and it helps out the site. So um, if you can do that and, and also if you can consider subscribing to the fight game media, Patreon, patreon.com backslash fight game media, um, just five bucks a month, uh, it helps support the site and you get some bonus uh, uh Content that you don't see everywhere else. So uh please consider that. But we got a we got a packed show here. We got a couple shows that we're gonna review, uh and uh and then we're gonna preview the big uh pay per view this coming weekend. I say that somewhat facetiously, but uh, the is usually it's, pretty big,
1: good. it's big for Canada.
0: Well, yeah. I guess for Canada in 2023. It's first pay per view back in well, four years. So. I'm talking
1: about it's big for Canada in the sense that they're finally going back to Canada. Yes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, we get one or two more by the end of the year. But um, uh, speaking of returns, uh, we had the return of The Ultimate Fighter ep- uh, episode one. This is the big one. It was back on ESPN. Well, on ESPN for the first time, uh, back on TV for the first time in a few years. And um, it's uh, it was. Uh, the ultimate fighter uh mcgregor versus chandler the uh old guys against the young guys or the comeback against the up-and-comers whatever you want to call it um i watched it you watched it what'd you think
1: thought, uh, thought it was good uh, it's a it's a lot different than the tough of old there's a lot more focusing on the fighters in the in the house and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know a lot of video packages packages you know it's, you know, saw him, both guys, uh, Nate Jennerman and Roosevelt Roberts. And I liked how they did it with Roberts. Roberts and I hope they do it with all the people who had fought in UFC before, where they kind of go back over their UFC history, what led to them being released released, and all that. You know, that was kind of interesting to me. <clears throat> and, you know, as far as like McGregor and Chandler's interactions, it was, I mean, it was what you would expect for those two. It wasn't really heated, it was rather cordial, you know. Connor was being Connor, but not, you know, not super boisterous. But some you
0: could just, I mean he was you know, trying like, to get under Chandler's skin.
1: Oh, right away. But yeah, of like, course, of course he was. But uh yeah, you could really tell, like whenever he was coaching the guys, like he was committed to being there. He didn't show up for the way in way in, but <laughs> yeah. But uh you think
0: that was for show?
1: I think there's some stuff for show because I know I know there was some moments where they were for filming filming and he was out doing media stuff you know whether okay. it be in vegas or he flew to new york for a day for a day so you know a lot of those times are there's designated important you know days that are are like not important to where if you have to take off for a day for a commitment commitment it's not that big of a deal it's, you know way in days we're there i think they just want they want you to be there on fight days and and other like important days we've seen we've seen episodes in the past where the coaches where the coaches miss miss something something yeah here or there, here and there
0: it almost seemed like you know like maybe they set it up so that it looked like connor was just skipping because you know he's got better things to do meanwhile like you know like he actually did have better things to do that they wanted him to do but they made they played it into the story to you know like you know that oh yeah he he's too big of a star to show up at the weigh-ins like that's kind of what chandler was was saying um I, I like I love the line where they're talking about you know when they're going to fight and what they're going to fight at and and uh and, and and you can see like McGregor's quite a bit bigger than Chandler and uh he says Chandler's like oh you know we'll fight at 170 if you want to and McGregor's like you know we'll fight at 185 we'll, you'll do what you're told and I just thought that was like you know that's just Conor being Conor right Yeah and uh, yeah and then uh, you know and then him uh I, and, and I think, I wonder if the reason we saw so many video packages is because of how the fight went.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, the fight was over. That's the, in that's the one seconds. thing. That's the one, yeah. like, downer of, of yeah. the show. You can kind of tell just by, like, how long it's going and what time it is. But especially yeah. if you're watching it live, what time What time it is. It's like, because it starts at, let's say, it starts at 9 o'clock our, our time, yeah. and it's like 9 9.48 and they haven't gotten to the fight yet so it's like oh man this is telegraphing that this fight doesn't last very long. And Well I I w- I didn't watch
0: live but I, I did you know I watched on delay and then like the first before they got to a commercial like I checked the time and it, they were like 27 minutes in yeah. so it was like okay and then you know and then they had a couple quick segments and then commercial I didn't look at the time but I'm like okay there can't be much time left on this show And yeah, I, uh, and then yeah
1: i actually watched it on espn plus so oh okay no so you see
0: the yeah you see the time so no commercials yeah. and
1: it was just straight on and it was like it's 44 i think it was like 34 right? or 35 minutes into it before they're before they getting to the fight fight day and it's like okay even yeah. like the
0: weigh-ins yeah yeah um and uh and yeah i thought like it kind of seemed like a quick <laughs> a quick stoppage but i mean that, it's hard to tell yeah yeah no yeah
1: for those that didn't watch the first fight was a well, if, well, let's uh, let's Roosevelt, back up. Roberts let's back let's, and- let's back up a little bit, a little bit. Okay. The teams were split into into veterans, UFC veterans, people who had fought in the UFC before, and newcomers, people who hadn't had an official UFC right. Fight. And there, there were two couple-
0: separate classifications for each year: bantamweight and and lightweight.
1: Yeah, lightweight. Connor got the first. And pick. Real, real quick, real quick. Yeah. And some of the some of the new some of the people who were designated as newcomers had fought on the contender series before, but never had an actual UFC fight. So
0: And in the case so, of yeah. this one, uh Jennerman was a newcomer, but he actually had more fights than Roosevelt Roberts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the way UFC. they did it, they did they did a coin flip coin flip for for uh whoever won the coin flip would get to choose if they want to choose which classification of fighters they wanted for, or if they wanted yep. to choose the first fight. First fight. And uh who won the toy Connor won and
0: he first chose he chose the bantamweights, I think. Uh, he chose one yeah. of the newcomer yeah. groups. I, I'm not sure if it was the bantamweights or lightweight. Yeah,
1: lightweights. yeah. McGregor, McGregor. he he chose the lightweight lightweight prospects, which right. which uh, I mean that had Lee Hammond, who is one of his main yeah. main training partners partners. So that was not really kind of a surprise surprise. So that but then that change. basically gave Chandler the, all the veterans, the lightweight veterans, and then he got to choose choose first yeah. uh, the bantamweights and he chose the veterans which kind of makes the dy- dynamic kind of good kind of kind of inter- interesting when i look know, at these one team is all. when
0: i when i look at these matchups like yeah <laughs> see chandler going eight
1: and no like i mean there's you know what i, I mean like I, I don't want to be like a spoiler alert he doesn't go eight and no but yeah okay Okay. You can you can kind of tell from, but you can kind of tell from some of the clips, the
0: highlights. Yeah, the, the yeah. Highlights There's one the, where Connor was obviously yeah, pretty yeah. happy about. Something, yeah, yeah. You know? that,
1: that, that's clear. Doesn't go eight and no, but yeah. And then uh, then they, then after a training session, they, you know, each coach uh, ranked ranked yep. their uh, fighters in each in each division. So that way, the number one would face the number four, number two against number three, three against two, four against one. Yeah.
0: Um, I I was surprised Timur Valley have got ranked number three, yeah. which you know I I would have put him at number one at, at bantamweight, but um, Jace uh, who was number but one, I mean, was mean, yeah, number but I mean that's just, Katona, so
1: they they did it just based on one little what hour or two training session, yeah, and what the coaches and saw during that during that.
0: probably some strategy in there too. Yeah. You know about like who they're going to fight and stuff. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, guessing who the other team's going to pick. But, um, yeah. So it was you know we ended up with Nate Nate Jennerman, number two seed against Roosevelt Roberts number three seed at at lightweight, and um, yeah, and and Roberts knocked him out in like I don't know what it was twenty seconds,
1: like it was it was I think it was officially uh, eight seconds,
0: eight seconds. Okay, yeah, and it was. I mean, it, it seemed quick, but. You know, like I, I guess in a situation like this, it's technically an exhibition fight. You don't want the guys to take too much damage because even if they come back, like they may not be in any shape to fight again. Um, so you know, like they're probably going to be a little more cautious than normal uh, on this. And he hit the ground, and then he was like right back up, and he wanted to fight again. And and the, the ref's just like, no, no, it's over. Um, was it Chris Tyone the ref?
1: Uh, Mark Smith.
0: Mark Smith. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it was two hammer fists. And he, yeah, he looked out. Uh, it was, it was, it was a good, good stoppage.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and the other, yeah, and the other thing is with young fighters. Like if we would have saw this on the prelims of, a, of you know, like a fight night or something, like first or second match. Like they, it, we see a lot of early stoppages in those too. So, um, you know, I, I'd not say early, but you know, like they're not giving the guys and girls as much leeway when they're up and comers as, as they do when it, when it's older, but yeah, they, and then they showed like some highlights at the end of stuff that we're going to see later in the season. And it looks like there's a lot of good stuff coming, Um, you know, like, you know, between Connor and and Chandler and, and, you know, and his team and stuff. And um, I I think it's going to be a really good season. It looks like so um, any other things you want to say about the show before we uh, move on?
1: I did like the fact that Connor was a, an active participant in the training with his.
0: Yes. With, yeah. With he was team, the, yeah.
1: Yeah. Team like he had them, he had them sparring, you know, whereas Chandler just ran his team through like drills, but McGregor was in there sparring with, the, with them. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of want to talk about, since we're kind of talking about it, uh, Dana's comments when he was talking about Connor, Connor and Chandler and when it's going to happen, he's talking on Saturday. Yeah. and, you listen to what he says and he he comes off as somebody who doesn't sound optimistic that the fight's even going to actually happen. Really? So, yeah. Wow. And he, and he's kind of saying Connor, like he's kind of putting it on Connor saying the more he gets away from the sport, the less interested he is in getting back in. And if you watch the, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. I don't know if you've watched any of it. The McGregor, forever documentary
0: no not yet he, I, I... he
1: even talked about it like the longer he's on the sidelines the less he's he gets up for fighting and that's what he always wants to that's why he always you always hear him talking and talking you know he wants to fight four times a year like he's dead serious about that because if because as long as he's like doing that and staying in training and staying focused on fighting he doesn't lose interest in going to go into the Going to, I guess the dark side. I guess you want if you, yeah, if you call it, you know, he, he's the guy who needs to stay, stay active. And you know what? Honestly, like there can I would place more of the blame on the UFC than I would on Connor about how active he's been, been over the years. Uh, right. Well, for yeah. Whatever him, reason. I mean, that letting him box uh, Floyd was yeah, like such. But a even, mistake. but even so, like even so, like I know stories of of Him fight like, like, uh, <clears throat> him fighting, and then two weeks later, like, asking for another fight in two or three months. And, and uh, Dana and them just hung, just be patient, just be patient, and then oh. basically sidelining him for months and months because they want to and... save him for a big show, <clears throat> yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if it's because you know, we got to pay him a bunch, we're trying to keep our. Keep our budgets, you know, as low as possible. I don't know what it is, but but there's a lot of blame. We could, I mean, just based on based on kind of what Dana has said and what Connor said in the past past. I think we've been robbed of a lot of Conor McGregor fights over the past few years. For and blame can be placed on Connor. It can be placed on the UFC. It can be placed on a lot of people.
0: Wow hopefully we get to see the fight because yeah. it sure sounds like these that by the end of this we're going to want to fight, so. um
1: and yeah, by by the still, end of this it's and, and there's still no official word if he's back in the you saw the pool officially oh, okay they were, they were claiming now i've heard the only the only way you'll find out for sure is if is if whenever the the uh if he tested the testing website gets updated once a week it was updated last june 1st he hasn't been tested yet that's the only way yeah. you're going to Find out for sure whether or not he's in it. I would think if he was back in the pool, he would be immediately tested. But who knows? He could be back in the pool and they wait yeah. a month or two before they even test him. Or you know, like you said, he might not even be
0: in there. Like if, if the if the if they're earmarking this for December, for instance, like he doesn't technically need to go in for I I guess soon, like another month or another week or two. Have yeah, I mean if it's just enter.
1: December well, we'll talk about it later but if it's like mid December then yeah he doesn't really need to until kind of yeah for another week
0: yeah, yeah and if it's the end then yeah he's got till the end It's of not going to be the end of the month I know that much okay all right so yeah that was tough season 1 and we'll watch uh, tough season 2 tomorrow luckily I Episode haven't set two. my PVR <laughs> yeah or what did I say season 2 yeah um I uh yeah I'll have to set my PVR I haven't done that yet so I will do that as soon as the show's over um and uh we also watched UFC Fight Night, and uh, if you were following Ryan and I on Twitter, or if you're watching the show, you know that I was watching a little bit live because Ryan and I, as as often happens, well, it always happens for you, sometimes happens with me. Um, we had our uh, tweet show up on on the ESPN broadcast, and uh, we both got we both got feedback <laughs> from people. Um, and I mean, and this is always going to happen in a close fight, and uh, and in the main event. Amir al won a split decision over Car France. And um, I scored it like two of the judges did, 48-47 for al You scored it 49-46 for France, which I didn't think was a bad score at all. Um, and uh, I looked at the media scores, and it was like pretty much 50-50, either 49-46 or 48-47 for France. For two answer. media members scored it for al me and uh i think it was bloody elbow um and uh, so i mean you know it was so it's like 45 45 10 or something you know i I didn't count the number of of scores but i'm sure you have those numbers um but i mean it was really close so the way i saw it and again others are going to disagree with me i'm sure but um i thought two of the rounds were close and i gave the two close rounds to albazi and so if if you had given those two close rounds to France it's 49-46 France which is why I said that your score wasn't bad at all. If you gave them both to Albazi it was 48-47 for him and if you gave one each then it was 48-47 for France. So I kind of expected France to win and I was I was actually surprised that, you know, especially also based on the feedback I was getting on uh, on my scores, I was surprised that Albazi won. Um I didn't see I know I think it was Chris Lee gave round four to Albazi, like I did. And we'll get into that in a minute. But um, so the, the other judge that scored it for Albazi, do you know which rounds he gave um, France or gave Albazi? Let me look. Then. Um, Because I, I, what I thought was I thought round one was close and you could have gone either way. France clearly won round two. Albazi, I thought, clearly won round three. And I thought France clearly won round five. So that left four, which I thought was close, and everyone thinks I'm nuts for thinking it was close. So that's why I I can't figure out which of round two or five that somebody would have scored for Albazi.
1: Damn it. Why are all these ads? Sorry there's a whole bunch of ads. No,
0: it's okay. And I assume you the, the only the round score. you gave up uh,
1: was probably 3. Yeah. Uh Sal had it for Albazi. He he gave him the first 3 rounds.
0: He gave him the first 3. Okay. Yeah. So he gave him round 2. Michael
1: which... Yeah, Albazi had had round 2 on all 3 scorecards. Really? Yes. And round okay. 3 on all 3 scorecards. Okay,
0: and so uh, there he you had go. And
1: so... round 1 was round 1 was 2-1 Car France. And okay. round four was 2 1 Car France, and round three was okay. All Car France.
0: Okay. So, so round two, which I thought was clearly for France, uh, was unanimously for Albazi. So, but I mean, this is how close this was. Like, you know, um, and, and, and it's the only thing. And again, you know, you can watch them back. And I, I, I you know, we, I'm, I've given no secrets about it. I never watch these fights back. But um, I think um, I've actually got it queued up here on my phone. And I don't have the volume on, so it won't interrupt this podcast, but I want you to talk about this fight okay. and I'm going to watch round four okay. with the sound off while, while you're talking and I'll, I'll be okay. listening to you. And, okay. Yeah.
1: So here's how I had it. I thought round one was a clear round for car France landed more, landed more on the feet. Uh, Al-Bazi had a little bit of control time, but it was, but even whenever he had the clinch against the fence, his car France still actually landed a little bit more. And uh so so yeah, I had the first round for Car France. Now second round, I had for Car France, but I thought that was a little bit closer. And Car France still, okay. still landed more, more through the round. It wasn't a whole lot of a whole lot of action. They, you know, sixteen eleven in the in the significant strikes. Was sixteen eleven
0: for who for, for France? France? Car France. Okay. Yeah.
1: Car France. Car France outlanded Albazi in every round. I'll,
0: okay. We'll just and I scored. Out. I scored that one. Like I said, for
1: France. Yeah. And am watching.
0: I'm a minute into this round. <clears throat>
1: And I don't see
0: either guy having an advantage yet. Like, it's, yeah. they're just throwing at each other. Nobody's landing anything.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, then, uh, round three, I gave to Albazi strength of the takedown. He had a lot of ground control. But the, yeah. but it was also an interesting round because because the best moments of the round was actually when they got up at the end and Car France landed a flurry there at the end. I yeah, had that's the heard. stuff
0: I was watching right before yeah. we went on the air. Yeah, that I was so, saying.
1: Oh, I'm not even sure about this round now. So honestly, if he gave that round to Car France, it wouldn't shock me. Okay, round four seems to be the debatable round. Here's what it was: twenty-seven to five in significant yeah. strikes for Car France. Albazi only landed 70 percent of the strikes he threw, so he was throwing a lot. But not landing. He was five out of twenty nine. Whereas Car France landed nearly landed over forty percent. Car France also had to take down take down the round, but it was a it was. He didn't mostly, do anything with it. It was mostly working to the legs and body. For I'm Carre watching. France. Okay,
0: I'm almost two minutes in. Yeah. And I had still have yet to see either one of these guys land anything. It was
1: it was more and, so in the, it was in the second half of the round.
0: Okay. Cuz and and off. and the other thing is is Albazi is controlling the pace, which yeah. is only supposed to be considered if you can't really give, you know, either guy. So I just saw Albazi yeah. land a pretty good kick to the body. Um and uh you know and and now now uh France is starting to take over we're I'm at about yeah almost halfway through the round now yeah and but neither one of them is landing anything like yeah. I don't know how how France landed 27 strikes in this round yeah like you know People and again are, the stats aren't well, always
1: yeah, yeah stats don't tell the story of the pitch. yeah the, the entire story of five but watch the last, last two minutes but in but in round five Round five was a clear car France round again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Up. That I
0: mean he nearly finished. Okay, so here's okay, so so Albazi's starting to get some control time here now. And this okay. is we're at 220 left in the round. Yeah. He takes his back, he brings him to the ground. Now they didn't count that as a takedown, but he brought him down and he's controlling the back. And I'm sure this is why I gave him the round. And then he landed a strike on the way out. So and we're now at two minutes left. And the live odds are actually in favor of Bazi at this point. He's at minus 140, yes. and France is at plus 110. But by the end of the round, France was – I think he was like plus – France was at like minus 400. So something happens in those last two minutes that just swung the betters' odds. Um, but I don't know what it was. So I'm watching now. They're back on their feet. Like France is – like okay, some of these Starfleet strikes, like they, they look like they're kind of landing, but – it's not that they're, like, they're landing hard, and they're not really doing any damage.
1: He just landed a nice big kick there. But at the same time, Albazi isn't really doing a whole lot but of But he anything. got
0: that takedown, or you got, know, got
1: kind of half a takedown, and he had some control up. time.
0: Yeah, like... Yeah, but, hey, Car France is about to, get, you know what? about to get a takedown here. I was here. expecting to watch this and think, okay, I was nuts. But, man, I'm like a minute 14 left. i st- controlling. Okay, st okay, okay. France is nice um, about to get a France is to get a nice combo. He's about to get a takedown here. Uh, yeah, but if he did, I don't think he did anything with it. And I bet you Al-Bazi was going for a submission on the ground. Nope. Uh, okay, a minute left. Do you have it on too?
1: No, I don't. Oh, okay. I have okay. my. I have my notes so, here
0: yeah, yeah. I okay. Resist. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, 45 seconds now. I'm still nothing. Like no takedown. <laughs> I it's just, it's you know. near
1: the end. Yeah. Okay,
0: but I mean, if it was near the end and he didn't do anything with it, I would give more credit for that. Like, takedown where he took the back. Okay, here's the takedown. 34 seconds left. Gets him down. Yeah, I mean, he's down. But now, like, Albazi's trying to take the back. They're kind of 50-50. And they're both up. Yeah. They, they got both a- got right back up. And now, Albazi's controlling against the cage. I, I want you to watch this again, yeah. like, at
1: some point. I have. Because, man, I'm... I have. I've seen it twice. Okay, okay. Both times, both times. I I've watched I've watched like it's the-
0: close. Don't get me wrong. Like it's real close. I don't see how it was 27-5 for strikes landed. Like I really don't because they're hardly landing anything. Okay, round's over. I stick with my score. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought I, I I honestly thought I was gonna change my mind. I really did. Uh and I never watched these fights back again, but I just watched and I'm sticking with my score.
1: I mean, you're I'm the sure only right. person. You and Chris Lee are the only people I know. Know who gave who gave round four to him. So well,
0: bloody elbow too, right?
1: Oh, bloody elbow! Or... Bloody elbow had one, two, three for.
0: Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But um, I will say. So what I was thinking when that round was over was okay. I already had it two one for um Al going into that round, and I'm thinking like I really feel like whoever wins the fifth round should win this fight. But I really don't think France did enough to win that round. I like I just really didn't think that. And normally in a case like this where it's super close, I will probably just give the round to the guy that's down and then make it tied going into the fifth. But I, I really – I know you're not supposed tough. to do that, but I always do. And I did not think that that was deserved here. I really thought Albazi won the round. Like I thought that, that – like I thought the striking was pretty even and that one <laughs> kind of partial takedown that he got – he did more with that than France did with the one that actually got scored a takedown. Like, if you actually watch those two takedowns, like, I don't know how one gets scored a takedown and the other one doesn't. Like, because to me, it was like he, act, Albazi actually had more control time on his takedown that didn't get counted than France did on his that did get counted. And I think I saw the control time, and Albazi actually had more control time in that round. If I'm there's like mistaken.
1: 23 seconds, 11, seconds, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's that's and then and, and that's nothing,
0: no. And but the significant strikes, like, I think people are making too much of that because when you watch the fight without stats,
1: I don't see how it was 27 yeah, if, to five, even total strikes was 29 to seven, so
0: yeah, I know, but I just like what i was saying, like, I didn't. It was hard to tell what was landing and what wasn't landing. That's that's what I'm saying. So I mean, I assume if you're at cage side, you probably can tell a lot easier what's landing and what's not landing. But, um, but like I say, I mean, obviously I was in the minority, and you know, and and uh, and. But I mean, I will say to to. I, I think you
1: missed. I, I think you missed a lot of the leg and body kicks because that could be. 20, you know what? Out of twenty-seven? I am- out of those twenty-seven significant strikes? Fifteen, fifteen were, were leg and body body strikes.
0: Okay. And you know what? I think that is a bit of a weak spot for me yeah. uh when it comes to um when it comes to scoring fights, I think I sometimes miss those cuz I'm focused on the head. And as someone pointed out to me on Twitter, <coughs> I think something about Car France and there's a few other fighters like this. I actually was used to be like this with um bisping a lot. Um where um certain just certain kind of fighters I for some reason score them wrong and they pointed out that Somebody pointed out that in the fight that he previously had with Askarov, I scored it for Askarov, and uh, most people scored it for Car France. Uh, that was another like um, it was twenty nine twenty eight across the board for, by the judges for Car France, and I was one of four meeting members that scored it for Askarov. Um, so maybe it's something about the way he fights that I just am not seeing it. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, I I can concede that, you know, and maybe I need to watch his fights a little bit differently Um, because I did notice that with Bisping a lot where, like, I thought he was losing rounds that he was winning because just because of the way he fought and it caused me to look at fights differently after that because I was not watching for the things that was winning him the rounds that he was winning. So... But yeah, so we we had the split decision, and uh you know a lot of people were real upset that car france lost. Albazi uh, moved to seventeen and one. I think he was calling for i think he wants a title shot. I don't think he's gonna get it um but uh you know I, I i probably like maybe they'll even rematch these guys. I don't know i don't what did uh, did Dana say anything about it uh
1: i I didn't hear he, he didn't okay. he didn't talk about talk about, he talked about Connor and then he talked about something yeah. we'll talk about later.
0: Okay. Okay. He, so I mean, and he
1: taught, and He taught. He actually talked about two things. We'll talk about later.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, what do you think is going to happen coming out of this?
1: Uh, I mean, Al is going to have to fight another top contender uh, if he wants to. If he yeah. wants. He's wants he's got to gotta get a definitive win. Because Brandon Brandon Royville is next, and bring Brandon Royle is the backup for the Moreno Pintosia fight. But even so, he's next. He's next in line. So salbazi will need to fight what i mean
0: you should put if, him uh put him against your
1: boy manel cop yeah or figure if is is actually gonna stay at 125 125 yep. who knows who knows there uh, yeah that would be another good one if he can beat figueredo then he
0: definitely deserves a title shot um or cop for that matter but i think yeah. cop would fit it i think cop would knock him out um he certainly could nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv Um yeah. I guess the other big thing on the uh on the thing and I mean I'm sure he's going to get one of our stars but we got to talk about it Jim Miller <laughs> um you know he uh he knocked out uh, Jesse Butler in 23 seconds <laughs> quickest win of his long illustrious career um poor Jesse Butler um apparently a friend of uh, James McDaniels did you know that? I uh, did not know that. Yeah yeah he tweeted about it um and uh you know he says oh it'll be
1: bad i i can't see that so
0: oh okay oh right yeah yeah no he apparently they're buddies i don't know i don't know how they know each other or whatever but uh where's he from he's from louisiana so that's probably probably how they know each other because yeah uh james mcdaniel's from there he doesn't live there anymore but uh jim miller yeah knocked him out in 23 seconds and uh he uh did his probably asked him how long he thinks he's going to fight. And uh, he's like, well, I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, I've said, I want to get to three UFC 300 and, and we'll see what happens after that. And he, I mean, that's probably a year away. So no, that's uh timeline says April, April. Okay. So there you go. Less than a year. And uh, he's going to get, <laughs> it, obviously,
1: uh, probably fight for three, three more times. Between he, that and now. He was talking during the week about getting the 50 UFC fights.
0: Yeah. And what's he at now? 45, 42. Forty-two, so eight. Yeah, he could do that. That'd be like two years for him. I mean, the pace he's going, yeah. and and I mean, you know, like he's not like just hanging on. He's won four of his last five. Um, you know, and and uh, what? I guess well, he had a bit bit of a rough stretch before that, but seven seven of his last, uh, or ten, I guess, or eleven. So I mean, you know, he's a lot of guys. You know, do worse than he does. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was a stretch there where he lost four in a row in 2017, 2018, but since then he's you know, he's coming out, he's getting a lot of finishes. Yeah. Um, you know, and this one was probably the most impressive of them all. It's just four, actually, wait a minute one, two, three, four, five, six, seven,
1: eight. His last eight wins have all been by finish,
0: yeah,
1: in the UFC eight, since. Eight. Talked about wanting to fight 155, 170. Yeah, matter. yeah. He, he can go eight more fights fighting guys who are, you know, his age. His That's what he like. said, too. He experience wants to fight
0: the legends, world. the OGs. You yeah. You know, so I could see him in there. You know, he could fight Clay Guida. He could fight, you know, like. <laughs> Matt Brown. He's already you done know, like,
1: Guida twice, I believe. So Oh,
0: did he? Okay. But, yeah, 170 kind of makes me think he's looking
1: at Matt Brown. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. That, that would yeah. be insane. It would be, you know, you know yeah. 170. Robbie Jim. Lawler? <laughs> well, Robbie Lawler's retiring after his fight. Is he? Okay. Kanye's <laughs> retired already, right? Yeah. Jimmy, uh, yeah. Jimmy Jim against Brian Barberina. Oh, there you go. Well, he's not an OG, but yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I mean, but oh. my guys who have been around. They, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. I've got, you know, t- Tim Means, you know. Has he fought like, Michael Johnson? <clears throat> I can't remember. Michael Johnson's that, on a would be a good one. bad one stretch
0: yeah um you know michael johnson probably beat him uh just you know because we wouldn't expect it um but yeah i mean there's a lot of those guys out there i mean yes. he's fought joe Lowe's on before but you can fight him again there's a fought michael johnson from what i see well there you go that's a good one that's a, probably the kind of fights he's thinking about right like yeah. kevin lee you know um could be yeah yeah uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, we, we
1: should do our three stars. And we, uh, real quick. Yeah. We also kind of got to give Jesse Butler props. Imagine being a yes. guy like him. Who's What he took the fight on two days notice. Yeah. 48 hours. But, uh, you gotta kind of be a guy like him. Who's who's earmarked for the contender series. All of a sudden you get a phone call, phone call. Hey, they want you in the UFC. Can you make weight in 48 hours? Like, yes, yes. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll do it. Do it. Okay. Who's my opponent? Jim Miller. You know? And it's like, you're facing the guy with the most UFC fights and UFC wins of all time. Like, like, yeah, you're not going to say no, but it's like, Oh, that's a kind of a tall, tall task for your debut. And he tried coming out, coming out with that body kick right away and rushing in. But yeah, that left. He's got, those... he's, he's
0: got some decent, like fights <laughs> in his record. I'm just looking at it right now. He fought, yeah. he fought Maggio Fulin. Um, fought Ray Trujillo, who had like 52 fights. So he's not like, you know, he's, he's fought some experienced guys
1: before, yeah, but I mean, get, nothing
0: like Jim Miller. Yeah. And yeah,
1: he'll, he'll get at least two more fights on full, yeah. camp, on full camp. So we'll have to worry about trying to win, win a violent contender series and he'll get to show what he, what he has against a guy who is not the experience level of Jim Miller. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he'll get he'll get somebody at his level, and he normally and we should mention this too. He normally fights at featherweight. Yeah, that too. So you know, and as he's fighting Jim Miller, who I mean, he's a small lightweight, but still, you know, he's probably not used to dealing with that kind of power um that jim miller has and obviously uh jim miller sat him down in uh quick fashion and it was a i mean he 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 hit him with the one hit him with the right cross and then he finished him with the left uppercut and i think he basically knocked him out twice Um, because uh you know if he wasn't out the first time he was lights out the second time but but he was i mean he was going down and his eyes were closed and then that second one sometimes that second one wakes you up and this one looked like it put him asleep again, <laughs> like, and he was down for a long time. Um, they they went back, they came back from commercial, and I think he was just waking up. So um, yeah, nice performance from Miller, and hopefully we see Butler again on a full camp. So, and we will, we will. So, um, all right, uh, you want to do your three
1: stars? Yeah, yeah. My first one is Jim Miller, so we'll just yeah, throw that get out, that out of the way. By the way, okay. Number two is Kareem Silva. Holy yeah. shit. Did she look like a monster? She got Ketlin Souza down right away, and then got a knee bar that was just nasty. Pop Souza's knee out. Souza was tapping. Minute forty-five. What's her nickname? uh, I don't know what to talk. Killer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She looked (laughs) like. Yeah, she lived up to it. She's somebody to keep an eye on. That flyweight there. There. And my third star. I'm gonna go demone Blackshear. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, he uh, finished Luan with Lacerda in the second round. First round was a lot of a lot of scrambling on the ground, but Blackshear landed a lot of punches on the ground. Lacerda got tired from all of that, and Blackshear just took advantage in the second and finished him. First UFC win for Blackshear. Uh, he got to do this one on a full camp. Looked looked, you know looked comfortable in there as opposed to his first two first two fights. So and I'll be interested to see him in the future there. So there's my three stars. All right.
0: Uh mine, I would have gone Miller, obviously, but uh I'm gonna go with uh Bruce Leroy Alex Caceres for my first star. Um he we we kind of said last week, like if this fight goes a distance, Caceres is gonna win. Because Pineda has every single one of his 28 career wins and even uh, a no contest, all were finishes for him. And so, if it goes a distance, he was probably going to lose. And what happened was he came out strong. He had a Casares in a lot of trouble early. And Caceres weathered the storm and just basically outlasted him like he always does. And by the end of the fight, like looked like if it would have gone like if this was the main event and would have gone another two rounds, I think Caceres would actually finish yeah. in the fourth or fifth round. Okay. So
1: yeah. before you go to your second start, can I interject because I do have a criticism of Alex Caceres here
0: with the way he wouldn't call anybody out after the fight?
1: No, no. Well, he called he called for a title shot. He wants yeah. to fight for He wants to fight for the title title. But here's my criticism. With with that, the third round, like really realistically right away in the third round, he landed a liver kick, and Danny yeah. Pineda looked done from that. Yeah. And all he like, had to do was hit him all there All he again. had to do was keep yeah. going at it and showing some killer instinct, and he didn't. He he, I mean, he attacked the head and the body, and there was a lot of volume, and it was a clear round for Caceres, Caceres, but you had the guy in trouble. Trouble. If you want to fight for a title and you want to compete with those top yeah. featherweights, you have got to show that killer instinct and that you will. That if you see your opponent hurt, you are going to go in there and finish him. Because because when you start getting to the upper echelon of one forty five, and you're fighting the Ilya the and the Chiga Chikazis and and the Korean zombies and the Holloways oh. and the Caters and all those guys, you get the Volkanovsky and Yari Rodriguez those guys are killers and they will tear you apart if they see you in trouble and you need to show that the same instinct that Alex It there's a great win you look fantastic but i want to see more of that killer instinct when you yeah. can see that your opponent is literally on the brink and another couple of liver kicks would have finished finished them instead of instead of letting them go the distance because because even though you kind of very clearly won that third round Pinetta almost had you in trouble, and he dropped you at the end of that third. And had it yeah. gone another minute, it might have not been – the outcome might have not been. been the Plus, same. you never know what's going to happen with the judges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, as we saw in
0: the main event. Um, all right, so my second star, uh, Dantale Mays, um, he uh, he finished Andre Olofsky in the second round. I thought – maybe you know a little early but the, the stoppage but the way like he was pounding on him like i mean it was he may arlovsky could have maybe gone another 10 seconds but i don't think mies was going to let up and he was going to finish him either way so i think the ref just kind of saved arlovsky from taking some more punishment um arlovsky didn't seem too happy that the fight got stopped early but you know he's old and uh, it was a big win for, uh, for Mays though. Um, you know, two, three minutes and 17 seconds into the uh, second round and, uh, third star, um, biggest upset on the card. Uh, Muhammad Namoff uh, knocked out Jamie Malarkey. I think this was another one that was short notice, right? Like he took it yeah, on it like five all, days oh, notice.
1: Yeah. About weeks or so. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and, uh, and Malarkey was a huge favorite and he had, he was actually, I believe his original <laughs> opponent, he was an underdog. Um, Yeah, because he was supposed to be fighting Guram Kudaladze. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it's a completely different fighter. And uh, Mohammed Naimov, and it was was a funny thing, because they mentioned that uh, he's from Tajikistan. 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 And they said that there was a stadium of people watching, uh, because you had him, and then in the very next fight, you had Muin Gaforov also fighting. Um, And I believe, I want to say Naimov was the first, T- t- I think it was the second, second. Okay, the fighter to get same. a win.
1: Then, yeah, um, or second fighter from Tajikistan, and yeah, obviously second to get a win, they had a. There was one fighter, I forget who it is off the top of my head, but I really remember this from Tajikistan because they had that same stadium. Same thing, right? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. The stadium was full for his fight.
0: It yeah, and and, fight. Uh, and 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 good thing he won because <laughs> he lost uh, to the sexy Mexi, uh, but yeah, and and uh, so he finished him, and he was. I mean, it was kind of like, almost like a Hail Mary shot. And he just knocked him out clean. And uh, Malarkey didn't didn't kind of know him. I think he was winning the fight, though, like leading up to that. But, you know, you figure, well, Malarkey's, you know, he's experienced. He's going to come back. And he's going to figure out a way to win this. And then Namoff just knocked him out. And uh, just an incredible uh, comeback and, uh, or, you know, like knockout for, for Namoff. And, uh, you know, big things ahead for him probably because, uh, you know, they're going to, want to push him as far as they can go with, you know, the, obviously the support that they get from that, that country. And I don't know where that is. It's like, I'm assuming it's like Southwest Asia or something.
1: Yeah. Um, probably near the whole Dagestan and all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a former Russian uh, or probably former Soviet uh, country, maybe. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. So I got name off uh maze and, uh, and Bruce Leroy for my three and uh, take us through the rest of these fights. Yeah, it's,
1: it's near Afghanistan and Kazakhstan and all that. Okay. All right. Pakistan on that area. Yeah, so southwest Asia. Kazakhstan. More
0: yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, rest of the card. Start off with the light heavyweight fight. Uh, Felipe Leon's unanimous decision over Maxime Grishin, thirty twenty seven, twenty nine twenty eight, twenty nine twenty eight. I thought Leon's won all three rounds, but a very clear win for him, and he looked good, good in this one. Then we had Damone Blackshear, second round finish over Lujan Lacerda, uh, that I ta- talked about. And then we had a women's strong fight, Elise Reed, unanimous decision over Jenny Frey, 29 20 across the board. Frey won the first round uh, on the strength of her grappling. And uh, Reed took over the uh, on the feet in rounds two and three and kept it on the feet. On the feet, uh, negated Frey's, Frey's uh, wrestling and won the last two rounds get the decision. Then we had Muhammad Naimov, uh, second round finish over Jamie Malarkey that you talked about. Yeah, big upset. Uh, I felt bad for Malarkey because he was winning every single second of that fight up until that up until the okay, finish. Okay,
0: so my, my memory was off there. <laughs> yeah,
1: all right. I say every single second. That's yeah. hyperbole. Hyperbole, but he was, he won the first and was winning the second until the finish. Okay. Until the finish. So, so, but yeah, good, good win for Naimov. Then we had uh, John Castaneda, a unanimous decision, uh, twenty nine twenty seven across the board. The board, yeah. There was uh, a point. Deduction, there was a right? point deduction in the second round. They had a clash of heads, and uh, the referee determined that Gufurov actually was leading with his head, which caused the clash of heads. So he took a point away. It's very rare that we see that happen. That happened, but yeah. But honestly, it was kind of the right call. That's one of the. It was really blatant. Yeah, it was really blatant, and that's one of those I don't think needs to be a. War- there shouldn't be a warning on that one. That one needs to yeah. be. That one needs to be called – called if it's really blatant like that, it needs to be called right away and a point taken away because that can end fights. Yeah. So, yeah, as we've seen. Uh, <laughs> then we had the heavyweight fight. Dontel Mays finished Andre Orlovsky in the second round. Uh, the first round was like any Arlovsky fight of the last eight years. <laughs> yeah. Eight years, not a lot of action, and Arlovsky doing enough to win the round and Mays not doing much, but Mays came out in the second, started landing punches and then dropped Arlovsky with the, with the right hand and uh, finished them off with some follow-up punches. Uh, then we closed out the prelims. We had a Bantamweight fight, Daniel Santos, a uh, unanimous decision over Johnny Muñoz 29-27 across the board. Uh Santos just controlled the grappling. Muñoz couldn't get him down. Was basically pulling guard and Santos was very active from the from the top and also more on the feet. Santos did have a point taken away so at the very beginning of the fight, literally the very first strike thrown was a groin strike by Santos. So oh, he yeah he that got was a, one of the it was worst groin strikes. It was a bad it was a bad one. So yeah. he got a warning. He got a warning. And then the third round he landed another groin strike almost almost immediately at the start of the ra- start of the round and he got the point taken away cuz he got warned warned earlier. I do want to criticize Santos in his corner here. Here, you know, usually when you get a warning and then you have a point taken away, most starters are like, yeah, okay. Him and his corner both we're acting like the biggest babies in the world, just complaining and bitching and moaning yeah. about the point being taken on, taken away. Dude, you were warned, warned. You're at that point. You're in control of your strikes. Just make sure you're not hitting the groin, and you have no rebuttal. I thought that was, I thought it was a very bad look for him the way the way him and his corner were acting after the point was taken. If away you didn't, because...
0: if you didn't see this groin strike, yeah, the way that he hit him, his his foot was parallel to his ass. Like that's how far
1: the, the yeah leg okay came. yeah and like, and oh. I, I'm gonna get graphic a little bit. Johnny Munoz posted a picture of him, picture of the after the hospital after the fight. He was pissing blood.
0: I believe it. Like this so, was this so was one yeah. of the worst groin strikes you're ever gonna see. So yeah, yeah. and he it's, didn't even take the full five minutes. He only took yeah. like
1: three. Yeah, I was I was surprised. So yeah, so yeah, they were bad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. guys, if you get points taken away. Accept responsibility. Just shut up, and fight. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, kicking off the main card, uh, Zaleski Dos Santos scored a split decision over Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Zaleski was coming back from a Usada suspension, was a big underdog, but uh, he, you know, his striking was still very good, and uh, he won. In my opinion, he won the second and third. I okay. get uh, Nurmagomedov. He was grapp he was grappling too much, and he would, had no success in the second and third round of getting Zaleski's to the ground. And there was a lot of just hanging on. And he didn't he. I really think the way he fought the fight cost him the fight. And uh, this was definitely Zaleski, just because he was able to land with more volume and land better shots on the feet, won him the last two rounds. Uh then we had Kareem Silva, first round submission, knee bar over Caitlin Souza I talked about. Then we had Tim Elliott, unanimous decision, 30, 27, 30, 27 29, 28 over Victor Victor Altamirano. If you like lots of ground fighting and lots of scrambling up and down, watch this fight. It was a very fun fight. Fun yeah. fight. Just just a lot of just a lot of groundwork and a lot of just fun submission attempts. And Elliot, you know, this is kind of your typical Tim Elliott fight that he has when he wins. Just a lot of a lot of crazy This malware. would have been my fight of the night. I was I was surprised that it didn't yeah. get it. But. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll go we'll get into that. And a second then yeah. uh then we had Jim Miller, twenty three second knockout over Jesse Butler that we talked about. Then Alex Caceres unanimous decision against Daniel Pineda, 29-20 across the board. If you take what I said just now about Tim Elliott and Victor Altamorano fight and multiply it by like four. That's what this this fight was. Just a lot of crazy, a lot of even more crazy groundwork. And just just Pineda had had a deep arm bar. I think it was yeah. in the first round on Caceres said. I don't know how Caceres got out of that. Out of, out of that. It's crazy. It looked and, like his
0: arm was backwards, yeah.
1: And here's one thing I also got to say about Caceres. His hair. I don't <laughs> know. Like, like, I love it. I love it. But if I'm an opponent, I'm saying something like, like, make that guy cut it or braid it or something, something, because his hair is so big that I think it his hair actually blocked some of Daniel Pineda's choke attempts because he just couldn't get around the hair to get around the chin. <laughs> like, like that's what it looked like to me, to me. It was just kind of crazy. But, uh yeah, but, yeah, because there's a good, good, except for. Needs that killer instinct, like I said. Yeah. And then of course the main event, Amir Al Bazi split decision over Kai Car France. Very, very debatable decision. Not a robbery. I, I don't call this one a robbery. Robbery. It's just the closest side think could have gone either, either way. I think people who immediately cry robberies are the that's the biggest sign that uh, sign of telling me, Oh shit, you lost money betting on this fight.
0: Well the funny thing is well I d- I did bet a provosi but um I uh like I said I just watched it again if fully expecting to be proven wrong and I I don't think I was so I think it that proves that it was close enough that you know if you scored it one way or the other I I don't think you're too far off but I actually did score the the other split decision I went I scored it for an Omega Metoff too um and I had money on Zaleski in that fight so um I yeah maybe I was just off tonight on that fight because yeah uh i was surprised that's a that's lesky one but pleasantly surprised um all right so the, oh and uh so we had uh we have no i don't think we got viewership totals yet even though it's saturday on the espn yeah, yeah they'll come out tomorrow uh but the uh fight of the night i mentioned earlier was Caceres and Pineda, and uh, then they had two performance bonuses name off and miller which were uh, both well deserved, and um, and
1: Dana White said he was taking care of Kareem Silva as well.
0: Good for him. Yeah, that's uh, so. yeah Silva. Um, that's someone to keep an eye out on because uh, that's um, three straight finishes between the contender series and and her first two UFC fights. So um, and both quick, like the two UFC ones, both in the first round. Oh my! Something bothering my neck. Next, bothering me here right now. Uh, I guess you don't really. If I didn't say anything, you wouldn't notice because we're on video, but uh, or we're not on video. Uh, all right, we have a bunch of shows this coming week, um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit about them. And first off, PFL is kicking off round two of their regular season, and uh, main event featherweight fight. Uh, Brendan Laughney, I believe he was a champion last year against Jesus Pinedo. Uh, they're also showcasing the light heavyweights. What were you going to say?
1: I was going to say, I like to call this show, congratulations, none of you failed a drug test show. Because they, <laughs> they had, from my account here, according to Topology, they had six fighters on this card failed a drug test.
0: Well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I watched all the first round, and I don't recall Jesus Pinedo fighting in this tournament so I, I gotta think he's, he's the first, uh, this is his first fight in the tournament um, no, he,
1: but, he fought and lost
0: oh did he? okay, alright uh, but we have, uh, yeah, uh, that's really the only interesting fight that I can see on the main card anyways, which is gonna air on ESPN, if topology is correct uh, Thursday at 6.30 Eastern that'll be the prelims
1: uh, the main card, yeah, Thursday at 9, 9 our
0: time 10 Eastern time on ESPN all right, and that's uh, six fight main, five fight main cards. So yeah. it'll probably go Mar- until like Marlon Marais,
1: Yeah, Marlon Moraes on the prelims, uh, as well as Chris Wade, Impa Impa Kasangane. Also,
0: oh, I just muted my freaking neck is really bugging me. Um, <laughs> uh, just looking, yeah, not not much. Yeah, honestly, yeah, they the bigger names almost are on the prelims. And, Got, Andrew yep.
1: Sanchez, yeah.
0: Yeah, Marlon Murray, as you that you mentioned. Yeah, um, yeah Andre Sanchez, former uh, I think he's former tough winner, definitely a yep. tough competitor. Um, yeah, so, I yeah, and of course, we don't get those here in Canada, so I can't even watch them if I want to, but I will whomp, watch
1: them. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't care. I guess this is the last season they're even going to be on ESPN, so I bet you next year we won't even be able to see them at all. Uh, uh,
1: probably, unless you, you, unless you have to zone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting disowned. I uh, I used to for Bellator, but that's a long time ago, um, and they don't have NFL anymore either. So yeah. I would uh, I would get them for the NFL for Red Zone, um, and we also got a show on Amazon Prime from uh, Thailand. So they're they're not uh, it's not a local show, and I think we talked a little bit about this last time, uh, but the main event is actually a Muay Thai fight, um, and uh, I'm just looking at the the MMA fights, and there's not really any big names I think three card. three or four yeah. on
1: there yeah no, yeah nobody, and, and i mean nobody anybody really knows on the card anyway you know unless you're a hardcore one fan
0: yeah or or a uh, or a fan i think uh gutu Innocente. i believe that name Guto sounds i think he may
1: have yeah he's, he he's in the Bellator. He yeah, Jer-
0: well. jeremy miato <coughs> you know, I've, I've seen i've seen him a few times because uh, I used to watch all the one shows when they were on Fight Network, so seen him. But yeah, those are, those are the only names I recognize. So not much here, but it will air on one, um, so on, on Amazon Prime, I should say. Uh, so eight PM Eastern is the broadcast time on on uh, Prime, which I would imagine it's gonna be on tape delay, uh, probably yeah. taped earlier in the day. And uh, we got a few regional shows as well. Uh, just I got the list up here. Uh, BFL 77 on uh, UFC Fight Pass. That's our buddy Jason sometimes commentates for them. Uh, just looking down the card. Bruno Santos fighting on the card. Uh, UFC veteran uh, fighting for the uh, BFL Middleweight Championship. Probably the only name anybody's going to know on this card. Uh, just looking at it. Jamie Siraj, I've seen him before as well. A lot of Canadian fighters, obviously. Um, And the main event is Dejan Kajish against Rodrigo Cezanato for the BFL welterweight championship. And uh, what else we got? Uh, Eternal MMA 76 from uh, from Australia on Saturday morning or late Friday night. Uh, And that is on UFC Fight Pass. And a lot of fighters from here end up on you know, some of these Australian shows uh, that uh, UFC will run. So you look at the kind of guys in the top fights and you'll probably see them in UFC at some point. Justin Van Heerden, uh, Blake Donnelly. Those are uh, the two biggest, uh, most experienced guys. So I would imagine we'll see them on a next time the UFC shows up in uh, Australia or New Zealand. And uh,
1: I think that's it
0: for the big uh, shows this weekend. Hey, UC, here's I a think. ring.
1: Here's a random one. It's this show called Peak Fighting Twenty Nine in Amarillo, Texas, but it's got a main event of Derek Campos against Diego Brandal. Where
0: are you seeing that one? That not on, on Topology.
1: It's, it's on Topology. It's on page two if you're on the MMA. It's on. It's that's on not. Saturday. It's on Saturday.
0: Oh, it's not streaming. That's why it's not streaming I, I, or anything I
1: filtered. Yeah. yeah, I filtered. It's not streaming. For, I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't filter. I don't filter just because you kind of see interesting fights. Like yeah. This.
0: Let me like see. this is a completely
1: ran random fight between a UFC veteran and Brandon a Bellator veteran and Campos.
0: That's wild. You'd think they would put that on some sort of streaming because you might get yeah. some freaks watching that. Uh, that's in your neck of the woods, yeah. Diego Brandao, uh, Campos, oh, I, uh, Cody Fister's
1: on the card too. I want to call Amarillo my neck of the woods. It's like a five. It's 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 closer to get to get to almost Kansas City than it is to get to. Amarillo. Oh, really? Uh, Amrillo is like five, four hours, five hours away. Okay, I see one fight on this card.
0: Luis Luna fighting. I'm almost positive I saw him on one of these other cards that we were looking at. So I think sometimes these fights, um, you know, guys sign up for two or three, two or three more. But uh, I don't know if you if you pulled up the whole card. But yeah, Cody Fister is uh, also fighting on the card. Yeah, I thought he
1: retired sorry. a couple of years ago. I think uh, he's re- I think he's had as many refi- retirements as uh, Ric Flair. We'll put it to that way. Oh, but, there you go. Nobody's on the Terry Funk level yet in MMA
0: uh no no not yet maybe connor is uh dan dan Severn no he's probably never retired actually yeah yeah he's still fighting i think he's fought not that long ago um all right and uh that brings us to the big one uh ufc 289 from uh vancouver uh that is at the uh, rogers arena on uh saturday saturday night main event amanda nunez and uh, irene aldana or Rene Aldana. It was originally supposed to be um, uh, Juliana Pena, which would have been the third fight in their trilogy, but uh, Pena was injured, pulled out. So we've got another Mexican fighter uh, going for a title here. And uh, the way 2023 has been going, uh, you know what? Like, yeah, probably not the worst bet in the world to throw a few bucks on her. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to look at the odds. She, you know what? Actually, she's not that. I'm surprised she's only a plus two sixty. Actually, I think I'd rather just put the money on Nunez because you not too often you're gonna get minus three thirty on Nunez. I think yeah. maybe the fact that all these Mexican fighters are winning titles might have something to do with that. Um, but uh yeah, I, I I honestly like to me, like I don't know. Like I'm not I can't really even find any reason to believe that Nunez isn't gonna just walk right yeah. through her, but I
1: don't know what you think. Yeah, first thing off, uh first. First UFC show in Canada since September, 2019, which coincidentally was also in Vancouver. So. Oh yeah,
0: so yeah. There uh, was a show scheduled, I yeah. believe, for 2020 that obviously got postponed. I think it was yeah, Halifax yeah. or something, somewhere, and uh, somewhere, yeah. yeah.
1: And then uh Nunez. I think the question, the question we're going to have before every Amanda Nunez fight coming up is: Is this the last time she fights? And yeah, <clears throat> we got to ask that question here. I don't believe so. I think she's she's got some more left in her, left in her. They are having another child, child. So, so that will probably be like, the money. they will probably be like, a, be like a motivate motivation to fight a little bit longer, longer. And you know, submitting your legacy, legacy. I'm sure she wants to do the third Pena fight, fight to just kind of shut Juliana Pena up, up. But as far as this one, I don't. Adani has got really good boxing, and and if she can, if she can fight like Pena did in their first fight, or even like Jermaine Durandami did against Nunez, uh, where she, where it was pretty even on the feet, I mean Adani has got a chance. I mean you know, and, and there's a lot of momentum coming from that camp down there. You got you got Alexa Grasso, and then you have. Yeah, I mean, these guys don't train with them, but you got Moreno and Rodriguez as Mexican-born champs. So there's a lot of momentum for Mexico going on and fighting. But uh, I just, Amanda's too good. She's, yeah. she's, there's a reason she's the greatest of all time in her one slip-up. She avenged, and she avenged in dominant va- fashion, so...
0: And she... I mean, she was injured going into that one, or she was yeah. sick. I mean, she, she was, was coming sick, yeah. off of COVID, and yeah. she also... I don't think she really gave um Pena much respect.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but yeah, she was coming off of COVID. Her rough white cut, so yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, I guess that's something to keep an eye on. We'll see how she looks on the weigh-ins, and... Uh, but yeah, it seems... You know, especially at minus 330, like it's not very often you're going to get her at those kind of odds. So, um, yeah, to me that I, I was kind of surprised when I saw that. And maybe we're going to see those odds come up by the time we get to to closer to the fight. Um, and then, of course, the co-main, which I think in a lot of people's eyes is it maybe the real main event. Um, Charles Oliveira, former champion, former lightweight champion against Benil Darius, who uh, is, you know, somebody that's probably earned a title shot already uh but he, if he beats Oliveira, he definitely has earned a title shot he's won eight in a row he got some really big names in there um and uh this is uh you know this this is a fight that you know I think he's wanted and Oliveira is always up to fight you know tough guys and I think it's a very intriguing fight. They both have a lot of different skills um you know between striking and submissions. Um I think I give Oliveira the, the advantage on the ground but you can't Darius is not, no, you know, no, no slouch on the ground. And I think Darius is probably a slightly better striker. Um, but I
1: don't I, know. I think you know. Oliver is a better striker.
0: Now. Oh, so, so you give now. him both. Okay. So, but Dariush is just, he's
1: got heart. He's got and, heart and he's a really good wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Very strong, very strong grappler. So Olivera's big advantage, in my opinion, is uh, somewhat negated. Uh, yeah. But I mean, we've seen Olivera submit guys he shouldn't have necessarily submitted easily. So,
0: yeah, it's uh, very intriguing. And, uh, you know, and again, I think whoever wins this uh, probably is, you know, next in line for the lightweight title.
1: I wish, and I'm not, and I'm surprised they didn't do this, but I really wish they would have made this five rounds. Yeah. We've seen a lot of, of, we've seen them. I say a lot. We've seen a few non-title five round pay-per-view co-main events. Especially on this card. Yeah, and I think that would have added something to the something to this fight because I have the feeling it's going to go the distance and we're going to be one of those like man, I wish it was would have gone so ten close minutes. that ten, yeah. ten, two more rounds may have may have you know made it more clear or something or who knows yeah
0: um, and other than that like it's you know your typical Canadian car just a lot of Canadian fighters yeah. against uh, you know non Canadian fighters although I think. We've talked about this before. I think there's only like 14 or 15 Canadian fighters on the roster, and we've had a few shows recently with two or three Canadians on them. So there's only, I think, six. One, two, three, four, 5,
1: five. The pickings, the five pickings Canadian are, fighters. The pickings are slim right now. They need to load yeah. up. They need to find some Canadian prospects and get them in.
0: Yeah, but I mean I think uh COVID hurt that a lot. Yeah, it did. And, yeah. And uh and then some of the other some of the guys that are winning on the Canadian regionals are like older fighters that probably don't have much upside in UFC. You yes. know, like my boy Jesse Arnett and people like that. Yeah. Um, although I would like to see Jesse Arnett get a shot at some point, but time's kind of running out on him. Um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, but uh, you know, there's, there's a few interesting fights here. So give us your three fights to watch.
1: Now I will admit that this card did take a lot of hits. There was a lot of, yeah, a lot Stephen of good, f- a lot of good fights on, that were scheduled that, that fell apart for, for reasons. Stephen Thompson, Michelle Pereira, they, they just got moved. They never signed a ballot agreement. I mean we lost Khalil Roundtree against Chris Dawkins, lost Hakeem Dawadu against Lucas Almeida. There was a, there was another fight that never there was another big main card fight that never got announced that that ended up getting pushed back to another show another show that would have that would have helped this one as well. But uh yeah, three fights to watch. Number one on this list out of the top two should be obvious to anybody who's looking at this card and is listening to, sh- to the show. And that's Featherweight's Dan Ege against Nate Landwehr. Nate Landwehr is a madman, one of the most exciting and entertaining fighters in the UFC. Dan Ege is a hell of a fighter, always coming out, looking to throw down, throw down. This fight should be fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I just I saw your are you messaging me. I'll look at that in a second. Uh, number two on the list, uh, middleweight fight: Nasirin Imovov and uh, I guess Chris Curtis. They were supposed to fight on a on a uh, Aries FC show. They got canceled during the, when COVID happened back before both of them got to the U, UFC. So this is a long long awaited fight for both of them. Uh, Chris Curtis, the action man. A uh, quick turn, quick turnaround for him after a disappointing loss, loss in his last uh, fight to Kelvin Gastelum. He's lost two of his last three after, after winning three straight to win to start his UFC career. And uh, Imavov coming off his first first UFC loss to, uh, or his second one, but uh, he was on the way up into contention and. Lost to Sean Strickland on short, you know it was a short notice fight for Strickland in uh, January, so he's trying to get back in the win column. And my third one, I'm gonna go women's flyweights, Miranda Maverick against Jasmine Jesuita Vicious Maverick. Uh, she's got she's got title title contention potential. Uh, she's had a couple of hiccups, lost to Macy Barber and Aaron Blanchfield. Those are two girls who are kind of like similar to her, and in a sense that you're expecting those two, all three of these to fight for a title someday. Someday she probably fought both those girls, you know, before she was ready and possibly before those were ready for that kind of fight. But she's won two in a row, two in a row, switched up camps has looked good in their last two fights. And just suit vicious is just a tough, it's a tough out. So uh, it's a very intriguing fight.
0: Um, I'll add to that list. Uh, two, two of my Canadian boys on the main card, uh, Eric Anders and Marc Andre Barrio fighting at middleweight. That should be fun. I, I think maybe, you know, if Oliver Darius doesn't win fight tonight, night, could be looking at that one. Both, go, both those guys are capable of exciting fights. And uh, you mentioned Ige and Landwehr, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that—that's I mean, the other one. But uh, Mike Malott and Adam Fugit. Uh, Mike Malott, uh, his brother, uh, former—I think former—I don't think he's with the Jets anymore. But um, he, uh, you know, and he's a, for, a coach with uh, Team Alpha Male or t- Team Alpha, I guess they're called now. Um, you know, and uh, he's pretty successful in the UFC so far. Uh, going up against Adam Fugit, uh, so the, I'm interested in that one as well actually he's only oh yeah he's fought twice yeah I was I see the uh he beat Dahl and Johan Lanis. so this is probably his biggest biggest fight to date and it's in his home country so that's pretty cool and uh and he's got Fugit who you know he's he came out come off a big win in his last fight but uh I I think this one's here to make him look good just personally but how does Chris Curtis feel about being on the prelims again
1: uh, well, especially on this card, <laughs> it's not Rowdy Rosas Jr. ahead of him. So
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it is, but it is Mike Mallott, Um, you know, and, and deservedly so in Canada. But Chris Curtis more, gets that prime. More people,
1: uh, more people will probably see him on ESPN than on the view card.
0: Yeah, especially this time yeah that's true and maybe that's what they can tell him um actually yeah that's actually a pretty important fight for this card actually if they have a really good fight it might uh might might bring in some pay-per-view buys yeah. so only 11 fights on the card um yeah. so i guess we'll get a late start probably six our time seven eastern
1: yep seven eastern yep. time six central for the first yeah. uh two fights and yeah the first two fights will be on espn plus uh Starts off women's strawweights, Diana Belbita against Maria Oliveira. Then flyweights, David The Undertaker, Dvorak against Steven <laughs> Erseg. And then you have your uh, featured prelims, uh, uh, 8 Eastern Time on ESPN. Uh, featherweights, Kyle Nelson against Blake Builder. Then bantamweight fight, Amon Zahabi against Richie Lang. And then women's flyweights, Miranda Maverick against Jasmine Jasuna Vicious. And then your uh, featured prelim, Nasrin Nasrin Imavov against Chris Curtis. And then your main card, ESPN plus pay per view, uh, 10 Eastern time, nine in the best coast, best time <laughs> zone. Uh, middleweights, Mark Andre Barrio against Eric Anders. And then you have featherweights, Dan Eagle against Nate Landwehr. Welterweights, Mike Malotte against Adam Fugit. Uh, lightweights, Charles Alvarez against Benio Darius. And then for the and then Amanda is defending the UFC win as bantamweight championship against Irene Aldana in the main event.
0: So yeah, that'll be Vancouver, and they get an early night because that's on the west coast. So they'll be they'll be out of there by nine like <laughs>
1: o'clock. They'll be uh, high before the show starts anyway. That's arena will smell like weed. So
0: uh, no doubt, no doubt. I wish it I could go, do, but it believe it or does. not. Believe it or not, uh, Vancouver is probably further away from me than you are. Um, it's uh, Canada's a big country, um, but uh, yeah. So g- glad to see them back in Canada, and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes on uh, on Saturday, and then we'll be back next week to uh, to go over all the all the happenings on that show. So next up uh, is our uh, question of the week, and we talked about it earlier um, that. Um, what was that guy's name Jesse Butler, who took that short notice fight against Jim Miller? Well, if you listen to us last week, we previewed Jared Gordon was supposed to be fighting Jim Miller. And uh, we commented on the fact that he had just been knocked out like a month ago. And we didn't, neither one of us understood how he even got cleared for this fight. Well, he was pulled. So what happened? And, oh, and our was... question is who is to blame?
1: Okay. So yeah, who's the blame? on Wednesday uh, during the fighter media sessions, he had his media session. He talked about when he got the phone call to take the fight on short notice, he needed to cut 39 pounds. And at the time he was also dealing with a mild concussion because he had just fought on April 22nd, 22nd. And he, and uh, it was the headbutts. The headbutt with uh, Bobby Green that that, uh, dropped him. And then Bobby Green landed some punches that knocked him unconscious. This was on April 22nd. And then he got a call three weeks later to fight. To fight. And, okay, so here's the question. Who's to blame on this? On this? Okay. Have you noticed... Do you remember how we always used to get medical suspensions yes, after fights. I was fights, just going to ask about that. After fights. And then all of a sudden, you know, I don't know when exactly happened, but lately it's been within the last year or two. These shows in Nevada, they're not releasing medical suspensions publicly these days. And this so was at know. the, this was at the apex. The, the yeah. I was, yeah, was at the apex. So this is Nevada. They're not, they haven't released medical, medical, uh, suspensions in a long time long time so there's no public record that you know any media member can see well hell why is he getting a fight when he's on a medical suspension i heard from a manager and the same manager posted this uh posted this publicly on twitter that even the managers don't have access to the nevada commission about how long the medical suspension is the only information they're given from the commission is whether their fighter's license is currently suspended or not. So there's a whole lot of fucked up shit going on <laughs> right now, right now. And you know what? The UFC should have records of who's on medical suspension, suspension or not. But the way Nevada is being is be Nevada has gone from the most transparent commission in the war in the U S to the least transparent commission in the U S. And and it seemed to shift once the UFC started not leaving the apex, almost like mm-hmm. there was deals cut. You know, we've kind of heard a little off the record stuff about sh- some shenanigans going on, going on. And then, and then you know, and the, maybe whole, and then the whole and maybe the whole answering power the question slap about thing, power maybe answering thing. the question
0: about why they are so willing to do these shows in front of no fans.
1: Yeah. And uh Dana White was blaming Jared Gordon on that, saying that he should have told the told them whenever they called him called him, you know, but at the same time when they're calling him, calling him and, and he's probably feeling like he's he's okay to fight. Fight. He's he's not going to say no because money, paycheck, that's a paycheck. And if you turn down a fight, Fight even if it's the situation is bad for you. Even at short notice, your contract gets automatically extended, and they're mad at you for turning yeah. down
0: fights. I mean, next thing you know, Dana White's cutting a promo on you. Oh, yeah. Jared Gordon doesn't want to fight.
1: <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, he won't do that for Jared Gordon. Know, but we get, but we, get Gordon, but... we get, the point. Get yeah. the point. And it's just like, I really kind of want to place the blame first on Nevada. Yes, for not even, yes. because. Because they need to, their managers they they need to let the managers know like medical suspensions like who who's on it. I don't know Daniel Rubenstein is the one who who made the comment. I don't know if he's Jared Gordon's manager or not. But he's like, if I don't have access to who to who is has a medical suspension or not, and a lot of times they don't actually update update the licenses except. Whether they're suspended or not, not only that, only they said only in drug tests moments. Then I don't know if my fighter is actually cleared to go because my fighter is going to tell me that he's good to fight, but I want more assurances. And there should have been this. This, this should have never. He should have never been been in the fight to begin with. Okay,
0: here's what I would say. Regardless of a medical suspension, <clears> <throat> um, and and obviously Nevada. deserves most of the blame here but if a guy's knocked out there should be minimum 90 days before you're fighting again so in that case then UFC should not even be asking anybody to fight if they've been knocked out in the last 90 days yeah and and that's easy enough to have a record of you look at the guy's record you know why they even asked him you know after what happened and it's you know it was a fairly high profile fight it was I think third from the top on the main card You know, as Bobby Green, it got a lot of attention because of what happened. Like, it's no secret that this guy was knocked out, you know. And and I mean, put it this way. I remembered it. (laughs) So if I remembered it, they should have remembered it. You is another story. Like, you're going to remember everything. But me, I barely remember what happened last weekend. So, um, you know, and when I saw Jared Gordon's name pop up there, I was like, What? And I had to look to, did I remember what I thought I remembered? Yeah, no, that's there. And how did he get in this fight? And sure enough, I mean, there's no way he should have been. so. And then the weight is a, is a whole other issue. And, and you know, if you're being asked to fight at, you know, at 155 and you're weighing 189 or 194, I think he said he had to cut 39 pounds, um, you know, and, and you got five days or two weeks or whatever it is, like that's too much. Like if you're weighing at 194, you should not be signing for a fight for 155. Um you know. I think it was one ninety one.
1: Is what it okay, was. Okay,
0: uh, well thirty thirty five pounds then to get to one fifty so. yeah, yeah. But still, that's that's a lot of weight to cut in a short period of time when you're recovering from a concussion, or you know, like that's just. So yeah, hopefully they don't hold this against him, um, you know, and and he gets time to recover and and get you know like fully, you know, he shouldn't be fighting until yeah. August September. You know,
1: yeah. I will say, I will say this. I saw somebody make about Dana make this and we'll talk about we're about well let's go ahead and segue I'll I'll put you that way okay I'll put the on this segment oh okay
0: so are we have to to talk talk about about, we got to talk about Dana and uh I mean his comments on John Jones and Tyson Fury but but he's you know he's he had a lot to say this week yeah he's
1: he's uh Tyson Fury was talking about wanting to fight John Jones because Tyson Fury was not I guess negotiations for his next big boxing match Aren't going, aren't, aren't going well. I guess I don't know. You know, he's not. He doesn't have a fight, an official fight lined up, lined up, despite all the talk about who he's going to fight. And he's talking about John Jones and Dana White said. I, any amount of money won't stop me from making this fight which which Dana is a I saw and this is going to say about Dana I saw somebody post this on Twitter and I was just like you know what that's an action that's an accurate description of him these days Dana White is a 24/7 walking contradiction yeah <laughs> because uh because no Be careful. there's not people going to say you're so you're biased. Dan. I love. I love Dana. I love Dana. I, I love the UFC. I love the, the sport. Love the sport. But he he says a lot of stupid shit, and and I think we all know this. He says a lot of stuff. He Says a lot of stuff. I don't believe him when he says. You know, I think a lot of it's just posturing in media games. We know that fight's not going to happen because Dana wants it under UFC rule, under MMA rules, and and you know when they're trying to keep keep you know <laughs> everybody goes it's like everybody goes like well you know UFC profited 387 million dollars they can afford to pay Tyson Fury they profited 387 million dollars because they were trying to pay fighters as little as possible you know that's a bit that so they're not going to break the bank for Tyson Fury they're not going to pay him 50 no. million dollars and John Jones 50 million. and he's not going to fight anyways so yeah it's not going to happen it's just stupid posturing but But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess on a slow week, you know, that kind of overtook Dana's comments more than anything this past weekend because that's all he wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah, and and it's not like he didn't have other things that he could have been talking about. And it's
1: also kind of funny, like he's willing to pay Tyson Fury to fight John Jones, but, you know. Fuck Francis Naganu.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a fight that can actually draw some money in, in MMA. Like, I'm not saying that Tyson Fury coming in and fighting John Jones in an MMA fight wouldn't draw, but I, it's not going to draw nearly as
1: much as Tyson Fury boxing. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw somebody speculate that because Tyson Fury doesn't have anything lined up that they're talking to Naganu and Dana's whole thing this weekend was to overtake, overtake the whole, like, you know, discussion Discussion to now, everybody's talking about John Jones against Tyson Fury, and nobody will give a crap if Nagano and Fury agree to fight. Kind of like the same, kind of like the same day that Nagano announced uh, that he was signing with PFL, and a few hours later, Dana was doing that video announcing all these big time summer fights, just oh, to, yeah. to completely overshadow the Nagano news. So.
0: I mean, Fury and Nagano would do okay. I, I, you know, I don't, I haven't really been following the boxing numbers, but I know they do pretty well for big fights. So it's, I don't think it would do as much as a Jones Ngano fight, but probably like four or 500,000 buys, I would think. Um, I think Fury, what's the big fight? Anthony Joshua that they're trying to make?
1: Yeah. Or yeah, uh, Usyk.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alexander Usyk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, we got news and uh, yeah, much, so, yeah, yeah, well, and then there's yeah, so we've got we got some. Well, before we get into your news because you got the better news, I'll just yeah. my little news. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. PFL uh announced this week that they are back on I got it here the first playoff event on uh, Friday, August 4th in San Antonio's Boeing Center. So
1: I don't know how yeah. big that is. Pitching um, all PFL fighters get off the drugs and especially stop smoking <laughs> weed if yeah. you're coming to Texas. Oh yeah, right because they test for that there.
0: Uh, tickets range from forty to three hundred and fifty dollars. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I know. It, if you if you're paying to go see PFL. Uh, you deserve to get laughed at. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah. Uh, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, I had it here. Oh, Aaron yeah. Pico. Bellator, Aaron Pico, yeah. Uh, he's got a fight coming up, I believe, in Dublin. Uh, yeah, uh, Johnny Eblin and uh, on the undercard of Johnny Eblen and uh, uh, Edwards. Um, what's that guy's name?
1: Uh, Fabian Edwards. Uh, Fabian Hunter.
0: Edwards, yeah. So we got Aaron Behan's Pico brother. and... Yeah, Aaron Pico and Pedro Carvalho. So a uh, big featherweight fight uh on the undercard there. Number three against number four in Bellator. Yeah. Yeah, so Car- per-
1: Carvalho's an SVG guy. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that in Dublin.
0: Yeah, and Pico, probably his biggest fight since um since that, that one he lost uh you know early on in his career so th- this this is one that's kind of setting him up that if he wins this he's they're probably going to give him a title shot i would think uh yeah. we've also got mads burnell and daniel veikel on that card which is a pretty big fight too so yeah th- that that uh, dublin card in september is shaping up and hopefully by then they have new owners um and uh, we'll probably hear more on that soon but uh in addition to uh, those we've got some new ufc events announced
1: okay yeah so uh Those of us who are just like the Apex and are hoping them to get out, unfortunately, there's four more dates, Apex dates for the year, for the year after what's already been announced, September 16th, September 23rd, October 7th and November 18th. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I counted by the time the year ends, I think they're gonna be somewhere around 35 to 40% of their events this year will have taken place in the Apex. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that nearly half their events now are still in a fucking warehouse.
0: And this main event that got <laughs> announced for November, um, yeah, well, that feels
1: like a Apex fight too, but we'll, well get into that later. A bit. Uh, uh, UFC will be in Paris on September oh. 2nd. Okay. September 2nd. Uh, they're going back to Sao Paulo on November 4th. Oh, okay. So that main event is is
0: actually a fight night?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I've heard the UFC December pay-per-view Will be November or December sixteenth. Okay, that which Paris is, card. Which, you, you... which real quick, December sixteenth doesn't make sense to me. That's what the, apparently that's what they put in for the for the Nevada for a license. Uh, that's kind of odd because December sixteenth is the first Saturday of NCAA college football bowl games, and oh, yeah. ESPN and ABC airs a lot of it. So so they don't have it. I don't know if they get their prelims on ESPN, which is weird. That's, they've been yeah, doing, those aren't they real big doing, bowl games. They've been doing the – yeah, but they're still bowl games and still get people watching. They've been doing it the Saturday before for the last couple of years for the pay-per-view events because the only thing going on that night is the uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony. So yeah. that's kind of odd. But, uh, but yeah, call that. You
0: figure uh, that Paris show in September, is Cyril gone in the main event?
1: You would think, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, all right. And we had a bunch of UFC cuts this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, cuts, releases, fighters, end, in a, end of their contracts. Uh, I want to go back a couple of weeks because we didn't talk about this on the show. But after the Charlotte show that happened in mid-May, uh, those were the last UFC fights for Chase Sherman, Jessica Rose Clark, and on Kim. They were all either had their contracts ended or... Release, but today there were several, several fighters. Or over the week weekend, uh, Eric Gonzalez uh, is one. Macwan Amir Khani. That one's kind of a surprise yeah. to me. He's seven and seven, and he's lost a lot more than he's won lately. But he's still kind of got a name for for the Tells European market. They're not market. planning on going to Europe that much, or it's just—I mean, we're going to have the Contender Series starting to start yeah. in starting in soon, so you have to expect, you know. Who knows what Dana's mood's like, but there could be, who knows, there could be at least fifty fighters signed off of that, off of that, yeah. you know, because if you think fifty fights, fifty fights, there's always that possibility that every single winner gets a contract, and some losers get a contract, the way it's gone the last few years. So, but yeah, uh, Dana Bajore was really was was one. Tony Gravely, this one was another surprise to me. He's yeah. he's look good, he's four and four, four and four UFC record. But uh, but yeah, that one was surprised to me. I think it was just in the contract. Trevin Jones, not a surprise yeah. there, unfortunately, only one and four. Uh, Omar Morales, uh, Munir Lazes, and the last one, which was actually a contract ending, but Yiller Latifi gone from the UFC. Oh,
0: wow um i i i don't have any sympathy for him um the um the one i would be shocked if chase sherman isn't fighting again in the ufc by the end of the year (laughs) i'll just say that
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know if they'll call him again that'd be four times i hope not i just every time we think he's gone he's back i mean i mean we know (laughs) the thing is like he's in that He's in that position of if they need a light, if they need a heavyweight on short notice, he's he's a guy who will say yes. So yes,
0: yeah. I mean, and we've as we saw with Jared Gordon, they don't yeah. care if you've been knocked out recently, yeah. um, and, and you, they don't have to worry about him making weight. Um, but yeah, he's four and eleven in his UFC career. I mean, it's long overdue. I mean, it's almost like as bad as Sam Alvey. Um, was for a while but yeah some some uh big names there but yeah as you said we'll probably see a bunch of new people coming in soon so um uh,
1: what's going on with patty pimblett got married this weekend so oh congratulations, congratulations. to patty pimblett
0: yeah yeah and I, and I just saw a template for him in the uh, aw video game um unless that was owen hart i'm not sure it Looked more like patty but um I mean, and
1: it was uh, a, it was a One Heart, but...
0: <laughs> oh. Actually, to be honest with you, it looked more like Johnny Lawrence. I got I got um, this
1: I, I got this little rant rant to say about they were they were calling calling they were calling out but some people were calling out the AEW video game because it's showing Owen Hart on a smartphone because you know obviously Owen Hart passed oh. away in 1999, 1999. I was just like you don't see that if where and I go I like do y'all not play any WWE video games where in the GM mode Andre the Giant has a Twitter account. Like, come on. Oh, well, I,
0: to answer your question, no, I don't. But, um, the last thing I would criticize them about is Owen Hart using a cell phone. Um, (laughs) I would, I would criticize them for making Owen Hart look like Johnny Lawrence, but that's another story.
1: Uh, They don't have really, uh, they can't really get a proper scan. I know, I know.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, Rob Wilkinson.
1: Yeah. Rob Wilkinson, the PFL light heavyweight champion of, of last year and, uh, the uh, top light heavyweight right now, he failed a drug test, so he's out of this season of the PFO Oh, too, so. Razor Rob, yeah,
0: and he did win his last fight, I believe. Yep, he did. Too. He did. Yep. So, so that that opens up the light heavyweight division, and uh, I'm sure, we'll see Shoe Face back in there at some point, unless he failed the drug test too. Uh,
1: um, I think, from what I read, he might have other problems going on down. Oh, in Brazil. okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that million dollars didn't do him any favors. Um, all right, uh, and uh, to close out the show, as always, uh, we got a few fight announcements,
1: yeah. I'll go over probably most of them. Uh, UFC Fight Nine on July 1st at the AP. Oh, I've got one more news item real quick that I found okay. funny. Uh, Alex Pereira, he's apparently gonna train with Sean Strickland for a week or two coming up, coming up to get ready for the, the Blakovich fight. And uh, Pereira also said, I don't know if he was joking or not. He's also planning on learning more English from Sean Strickland, which I don't oh. know if learning English from Sean Strickland is the best idea in the world. So, well, <laughs> I, guess. Oh, yeah, I don't, if you're, te- if you want somebody to teach you English, I mean, he'll, he'll teach you all the wrong stuff and all the bad stuff, but he's not the first guy on my list.
0: Was, uh, I was Jason Miller unavailable?
1: No, uh, was Marvin Vittoria? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So well, Marvin Vittori letter. was, uh, where did we see he was at the UFC this, this weekend was, yeah, he?
1: he's training in Vegas now. So yeah. 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 So anyway, okay. Back to fight announcements. UFC fight night, July 1st. I brought that up. Cause Sean Street, this is show yeah. Sean Strickland's in the main event, but, uh, the heavyweight fight Blagoy Ivanov against Alexander Romanov and Macy T. A against Jana Santos, uh, UFC 291, Salt Lake city, uh, January or July 29th, uh, Excuse me, Matthew Simmelsberger against Johan Lenice, Roman Kopilov against Claudio Roberto, CJ Vergara against Vinicius Salvador at flyweight, and uh women's flyweights, Joanne Wood against Chrisilla Cachoeira.
0: That's uh, twice see. on the show Johan Lenice has
1: been named. Yeah, well because <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's Canadian but not on the Can Canada card. Yeah. yeah. uh UFC two ninety-two, Boston. August 19th, there will be the return of Chris Weidman from the broken leg that he suffered in the oh. right hall fight a couple of years ago. He's fighting Brad Tavares. So, so have they ever fought before? Nope. Okay. Nope. And then uh, also Gerald Mearshard against Andre Petroski on that guard. Ooh, and then the South Paulo show we talked about that was just announced for November 4th. That's a long time away, but it's got a main event. Uh, Curtis blades against Jelton Almeida, which is, a pretty major main event so yeah
0: yeah that is because that i mean that's a big fight in a big like spotlight for Jailton almeida yeah um because i mean if he if he beats curtis blades um you know he's like one
1: step away from a title shot every and for those wondering i was like why are they announcing the main event for november november in, in you know late may or early june well almeida was openly after was Talking about his after his last fight, which was a month ago, there at the Charlotte. He didn't want to fight until October or so. They book an event in Sao Paulo. They want a Brazilian Brazilian up and comer to headline the show. Yeah, just make that fight. You know, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And the it's, rest of the,
0: the rest that, of the card they can just pull yeah. together in the last month. Who cares? It's,
1: who cares? That's five months away. Five months away. You know, the, neither one of those guys are going to be ready one to fight before then. So,
0: yeah. Yep. No, that that's a that's a good good thing to do, and that Mirshar Petrosky fight's pretty interesting in my opinion because I think if Petrosky wins, uh, you know he's probably gonna be ranked, um, you know he's he's on like we we were looking at the middleweight contenders, um, after the um the the when Adesanya won the belt and I remember looking at Petrosky and thinking you know like he's won a few in a row and all finishes and you know he's he's you know he's not that far away you know I think we said a year. So, um, you know this this could be a real big fight for him. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I hope they put that on the main card. I don't know what the rest of the card looks like, but Miershart's um, a big name too. So, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be hyped for that one by the time it comes. So that is uh, just going to do it. Just about going to do it. We went just a little bit over time, but we had a packed show this week between uh, Tough and all those regional shows, and me having to watch round four of uh that probably put us over right there um but uh i uh i'm not gonna eat i'm not gonna eat crow even though maybe i should but uh i do i do want to respond to some of these people on twitter that uh you know i'm just gonna tell don't, them, hey, re- you know, don't
1: respond to them or just tell them to listen
0: no to- no I'll, I'll, the ones that are being nice i'm just gonna say hey you know what i watched it again and i stand by what i said maybe you need to watch it again <laughs> um but no i'm
1: not gonna do that i probably don't, just just do don't more, go on sure dog you got some shade thrown there too oh did i really yeah, oh, good
0: good for me.
1: Sure Dog usually loves me. I don't <laughs> On the
0: for on the forums. <laughs> oh yeah. Funny. Yeah there. I'll I might no I'm not gonna do it. I have been on Sure Dog in years. Uh but yeah. I uh but I'm 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 cool. I stand by what I said. I watched it again and I would score it the same way again. Um but enough of all that. Uh Ryan, where can the good people
1: find your work? Uh I'll be back in the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week with a recap of the UFC from this past week, front page of uh Wrestling Observer Figure Four Online this this coming weekend for coverage of UFC two eighty nine and on Twitter at Ryan J Frederick.
0: All right, and I'm at Paul A. Fontaine. I try to uh try to get on the uh old Twitter machine watching the fights and usually for pay per views I do so you can check me out this weekend and uh Ryan and I'll both be tweeting and uh and hopefully I won't I won't get to submit too many controversial scores. Uh but and then uh, other than that, you can find me on the Fikey Media Patreon with Jeff Hawkins, the Dynamite Show, uh, which will be tomorrow as you're listening, uh, after AW Dynamite from Colorado. So we'll we'll break down that show. And uh yeah, that's about all I got going on right now. So for Ryan, I've been Paul and Ryan take us home like you always do.
1: All right, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, Have a great week, and enjoy the fights this weekend.
0: Later.